Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Lackadar Podcast. We are very glad you decided to join us today. Our hope here at Lackadar is that we are more than a podcast, not because of us, but because of God, and that we strive to bring glory to Him because that's the only place where glory is deserved, and that the listeners either come to know Christ if they don't, or built up in their walk with Christ. With that being said, of course, Lackadar does not need to be a substitute for your church body. We pray that you're plugged into a church body and are not letting Lackadar be a substitute for that. But hopefully, Lackadar is helping you in your daily walk. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on our social media pages, which are in the episode description. We hope you enjoy the episode and God uses it. Alright, so glad you have decided to tune in today, tonight, whatever time of day you're listening to this. We very, very much appreciate that and appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this, whether you're driving, whether you're sitting down listening to it, whatever you might be doing. We thank you for that and we hope God uses it to touch you in a special way. So, today is... As you know, we've been going through the Christmas study and started out with the reason for Jesus, which Jesus had to come because of the sin in the world and the brokenness that comes from that. And then secondly, last week we talked about prophecies that point to Jesus. And when I say prophecies, we didn't even cover half of them. But today we're going to do something a little bit different. And before we get into that, we're going to say a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day and I Thank you just for everything you've done for us, God. Thank you for Jesus and what he's done for us. And as we're in this season of remembering his coming as a child, as a baby, God, and that going on to live a perfect, sinless life, dying on the cross, raising from the dead for our sins, God, you just please help us to remember that this season. And while the things we're going to get and the family we're going to spend time with, they're going to be great, God. But just please help us to keep you at the forefront of our minds. Help us to love you, love each other more every day. Help these words I'm about to speak, God, that they would be your words and not my own, God. Again, just please help us to love you more every day. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Alright, so today, as I said, it's going to be something a little bit different. We're going to be in Luke 2. And for all you Bible scholars out there, you know that Luke 2 is perhaps the perhaps the most used version of the Christmas story because it goes into a lot of detail and yeah so I'm sure you've heard this but so we're going to do something a little bit different than we are we're going to read Luke 2 picking up a few things here and there maybe clarifying a few things and my reason for this is this is the son of God Jesus coming in the flesh being born as a baby, being in the womb, that's just another proof of why God cares about 
life in the womb. But we're not going to go there for today. We've, we've been there a lot and I think we all know what the Bible says about that. But my words, any studying I would do, anything that I would do, could not come close to just simply reading the Bible and pointing out that this is God's Son coming as an infant for us, leaving the splendor of heaven and being born in the most humble of ways possible. So, without any further ado, let's go ahead and read this. I'm going to stop at different various places and point out some things. So, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the, of the house and lineage of David. Okay? Stop there real quick. If you remember back last week, we learned that a small little city called Bethlehem was going to birth a son, who was also of the line of David. Let me read that again. To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Prophecy fulfilled right there. Baby Jesus. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. This was kind of like, I guess it'd be our betrothed is kind of like our version of engagement. It was right before marriage, but they were basically married. They just not consummated the marriage yet and not had the official ceremony yet. <clears throat> um, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Yeah, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And as we learned, that's not Joseph's child. That is of the Holy Spirit. That's of God. That is God in the form of man in Jesus. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a manger. Or wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. There was no place for Jesus in the inn. And he had to be put in a feeding trough, basically. One time I heard, I don't know if it was a sermon or just a quote or what it was, but it talks about there being no room in the inn. And how oftentimes, and I would love to give credit to whoever I heard this from, but for the life of me, I don't remember. How often during Christmas season, the Christmas season, are we like that? We don't have room for Jesus because we have so much other stuff. Because sometimes we think we give the, we're reading it from a 2022 vision of, well, they should have made room for the Son of God, the one who was coming to save them from their sins. Yes. But how often do we, knowing, A, they didn't know, and B, how often do we, knowing that He's the Son of God that can save us from our sins, not make room for Him? But we do it often. And I'm speaking just as much to myself. And He was placed in the inn, not in the inn, in the manger, a feeding trough, the probably the most humble place you can be, the Son of God. 
Philippians 2, first part of that, really first 11 verses, more 5 through 11 talks, 5 or 6 through 11, I can't remember exactly which verse talks about Jesus' humility. And even from his birth, he was a humble man. Born in, a, born in humble means. So Jesus was humble. I feel like we should probably be humble as well. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. There's good news for great joy for everybody. Anyone who will believe Jesus is the Son of God was crucified, resurrected, turn away from their sin to God, place their faith and trust in Him and make Him Lord of their life. That's good news. But it's interesting to me that it was shepherds. Because I don't know if you know about shepherds. Shepherds were not the brightest. Shepherds were kind of like, you're just, they were just expected to stay in their fields and guard their sheep. It's kind of what shepherds were there for, ultimately. But Jesus is being born, and God chose to reveal it to shepherds first, outside of Mary and Joseph. And we know Elizabeth knows, and probably her husband. Um, but at this time, knowing of the birth that it has happened, we see Mary knows, Joseph knows, and now shepherds know. Why shepherds? Well, Jesus is the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. There's all these imageries of shepherds. So I think that could be part of it. But also their humility. I mean, they weren't boasting, grandstanding about their own religious activities. Probably because they weren't much of it. And when you look at it, soon Jesus is going to call fishermen, tax collectors, a zealot. And all of these other people. And Jesus' life has humility all over it from the very beginning with shepherds. Fun fact, actually, about a shepherd. In our church's Easter play that we, or my home church's Easter play that we used to do called The Road to Calvary, the very beginning scene had a had this had the manger scene there, and there for a couple of years there were two shepherds, and then we added a third shepherd. The original shepherds were me and Tucker Lucas, who you know Tucker Lucas well. He's been on here a couple of times, and then the other one you know really well was Jackson Carney. So I assume you know Jackson Carney very well. That's the guy that's on here a good bit, hoping to be on here very soon. So me, Jackson, and Tucker have gotten the opportunity to play shepherds before. Um. Picking up back in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Mm, a Savior. He's a baby at this point. But he's still coming to save the people from their sins. He is our Savior. He is Christ the Lord. The ruler of everything. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a, with the angel 
a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Angels are praising God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And peace among his people. The only true peace comes from Jesus. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They went with haste. They didn't wait around. How often do we wait around? Like we hear something that we want to do for the Lord or we're told something that we need to go serve in some foreign country for the Lord. And we say, oh yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait. No. These people left their sheep. Well, maybe they didn't leave the sheep. It doesn't, doesn't specify. It just says they went with haste. Maybe the sheep came with them. Maybe not. But they went with haste. When the disciples are called, they go with haste. They leave their nets laying there. They leave the tax booth. Is there something Jesus is calling us to do? And we're, we're putting it off. We're not going with haste like we should. Now, on the flip side of that, there is times to wait, if we're told to wait. In Acts 1, they're told to wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon them before they leave Jerusalem. And that's what they do. And sometimes we're told to wait. But if you're not given a specific timetable, that means now. And that goes for me too. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who, and all who heard it wondered, at what the shepherds told them. So they're not only are they going, they're telling people about this. When they go, they're, they're starting to tell people. Do we tell people that there was a baby that was in a manger that grew up and lived a sinless life that died on the cross, rose from the dead, that is the Lord of our life and that he can be the Lord of theirs? If they make him Lord of their life and believe he was here, died, rose from the dead, and they turned from their sin. Do we tell people that? Because guess what? He's coming back. And we need to tell people this with the same excitement the shepherds are. Because no, we haven't seen it with our eyes exactly. We've seen the work of the Lord with our eyes. Most definitely we have. And this goes for me too. I don't share the gospel like I'm supposed to. And all who heard it, and had, and all who heard it, wondered at what the shepherds told them. So they're thinking about it. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and had seen, for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. So they're praising God for what they've seen. Now this is just a cool little fact. At the end, of, and at the end of the eight days. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. He was circumcised. That was the law for the Jews. And at that time, it was still required for Jews to be circumcised. Jesus is God. He didn't have to, his parents didn't have to follow every law with him. They were like, this is Jesus. But they still do. It's very interesting. Now, we learn later that circumcision is of the heart, not a physical thing. And 
We're not going to go into detail about that. But circumcision at this time was still what the Jews were required to do to separate themselves. And Jesus does that. And when the time came, this is verse 22, and when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So still following the laws. Because as it is written, this is verse 23, the law of the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Jesus, Jesus is the first one to open the womb. He's being called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And I can't help but wonder. If this pair of turtle doves, this is just how my mind works. If this is where we get the two turtle doves in the 12 days of Christmas. Maybe. I mean, it is a pair of turtle doves. But if it's a pair of turtle doves. Would it be four turtle doves? Or would it be two turtle doves? Because there are turtle, turtle doves coming too. Because the way it's dove is plural. Maybe it is too. I don't know. Just an interesting thought. But I bet that's where we get it from. If anybody knows, please reach out to us. Our information will be down in the episode description. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. How awesome is that? That he knew that he wasn't going to die before he saw Jesus here on earth. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he looked, he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, real quick, another thing that my mind works with this, I always picture this to kind of be like the uh, Lion King. When Rafiki holds up Simba. It's kind of what I always picture this to be like. Probably not what it was like at all. Just what I think it might be like. Um, verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. That you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for re- re- revelation to the Gentiles. And for glory to your people, Israel. He said... Basically, in our terms, God, I can go now. I can take you can take me home now. I've seen your salvation, and, and interestingly enough, he says revelation to the Gentiles. He talks about how this is going to bring salvation to the Gentiles as well, and that's just so awesome to me. And his father and mother marveled at what said what was said about. I'm wondering if part of that marveling was not wondering about salvation to the Gentiles. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Because at this time, Jews and Gentiles hated each other. And their Jews, Jesus and his family. And, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is, a, is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Many important people are going to fall for this. Because they're not going to... I think maybe it means... Simeon, not Simeon, he is Simeon, that uh, Nicodemus is going to lose a little bit of credibility. But then the people that are spirited on another thing, the people that are spiritually wise, I'm quoting this with finger quotes, people that think they're all that, the Pharisees, they're going to end up suffering because they don't believe. And then the rising of many, the disciples, those that are don't have anything, any religious background or anything, they're going to 
or any, like, any important religious background, like a Pharisee or something. And for a sign that is opposed... Hmm? Sorry. Should have not stopped there. I didn't realize that was the end of the verse. So we're going to go back to 34. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is, app- is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So the thoughts of many are going to be revealed. And Mary, too, is going to suffer because Jesus is going to die on the cross. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. She was old, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow, until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. So, since her husband's died, she has not stopped praising. And honestly, I've tried to find out what the lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin means. Maybe she lived with her husband seven years before she was not a virgin anymore. I don't know. Maybe. Potentially. But, um, I would like, I'm going to do some more research on that. Maybe I'll let you know next week. Um, so she's worshiping in the temple since her husband's died. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for their redemption of Israel. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Jesus comes from Nazareth. Another prophecy. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. He grew. Like like all children, he grew. Now, very interesting. And sometimes I wonder why we skip from then to 12 years old. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year to feast of the Passover. And when he, he being Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. They're amazed by what this 12-year-old knows. Obviously, because this is no normal 12-year-old. Sorry, I lost my place. There we go. It's verse 48. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did, and they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them into Nazareth and was submissive to them. He was a good son. He obeyed what his parents told him to do. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus is living the life of a normal man, knowing that he's fully God. Up until he's about 30, and then his ministry starts. So, what does that mean for us? A lot of that has to do with humility and fulfilled prophecies. This is Jesus that was born as a man. For sinful men. So sinful men 
don't have to be sinful men anymore. Yes, we still sin, but we can place our faith and trust in Him, knowing that He is God and He is good. And that's the only way into heaven. And Luke 2 is one of the greatest chapters in the whole Bible because it talks about when this baby Jesus came here on earth for us. And that is amazing. And if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, I would encourage you, read the prophecies again. Go back and listen to last week's episode, then come listen to this. Read the other prophecies, and then read that. So many fulfilled. That there's no way it could be a mistake, and there's no way that could not be Jesus, the Son of God. So, with that being said, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move into closing thoughts. And if you have any questions, maybe you're not saved, but you'd like to become saved, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Or, it doesn't even have to be us. It can be somebody you know. Just reach out to someone. Because we want you to be saved. And the Lord does too. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. And I just thank you for each and every person listening to this, God. And I thank you for Jesus. Because he didn't have to leave the splendor of heaven to be born in a manger, God. But he chose to. And we thank you for that. Help us to remember that this Christmas season, God. And to not be like the end, but to have room for him. To make room. Because that is the only thing that matters, God. Without that, we wouldn't have gifts. We wouldn't have anything else. Please help us to make room for Jesus. Maybe it's that we don't have room for other things because we made room for Jesus. And help us to be that way, God. Help us when you call to jump up and move, God. Help us to be humble like you are and know that all these prophecies were fulfilled, God. If there's someone listening that doesn't know you, I pray that they would come to know you, God. Help us to love you, love each other more. And I thank you for everybody listening. It helps to have a great season. And if there's people that we're going to come in contact with, friends, family, that don't know you, that they would come to, God, and that their lives would be radically changed. Help us to love you and love each other more. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So, closing thoughts session for today is, if you if you know, past couple closing thoughts, I mean, when I'm read, what I've been reading in my own quiet time through Exodus, and so what's going to be again today, talked about, it was in Exodus 22, this guy sets a fire, and it gets caught in the briars, and then it burns up a field, or stacked wheat that his neighbor had. So he's basically inadvertently, but still, set his neighbor's land belongings on fire. Whose fault is that? That's the man that set the fire. Well, let me actually read the verse to you so I can get this right. Verse 22, verse 6, it says, If fire breaks out and catches in thorns, so that the stacked grain, or the standing grain, or the field is consumed, he who started the fire shall make full restitution, or he'll have to pay for what he did. So, that is a, for some, this morning when I was reading that and doing a little bit of journaling about that, 
it came to me that that's similar to sin. That sometimes when we lie or when we steal, when we do one, what we call a simple sin, we're not the only people affected. That a series of events can happen. And we're the ones to blame for that because we sinned. It could be one sin, but a series of events trickle after that. That either A, cause us to sin more, or B, cause someone else hardship, grief, loss of property, anything like that. So, that being said, before we sin, because yes, we are going to sin as human beings, but when we're contemplating doing something, let's think, first of all, this is against God, the one who created me, the one who saved me. I don't need to do this. And let's think, even if you think there's no possible way it's going to affect someone else, think, it, it might affect someone else. Think about that. It could. It probably will affect someone other than yourself. So before we sin, let's think about that. And I guarantee you it'll change your mind about sinning. Because it doesn't make you look so appetizing then. If it's against God and it's going to cause someone you love, or maybe not even someone you love, maybe someone you know, hardship. That's pretty sad. And we need to think about that before we sin. And I'm speaking just as much to myself. We need to be more conscious about our sin. And understand that it never affects just us. I'm sure the man starting the fire here, because obviously this had to happen at some point. Um, Maybe it didn't. Maybe it was just a precautionary measure. But the man that started the fire didn't intend to burn his neighbor's grain or field. But it happened anyway. So we need to be more careful about our sin. And also, this... this Another little fun fact for you. Some of you might get this joke. Some of you might not. Um, when I, This morning after I read it, journal it. How, how I do this, and I'm not bragging on myself, just give me a little bit of backstory. I read the verse, journal, come back and read the verse again. So my, when I was reading the verse the second time, and I was closing up all my stuff to wrap up my quiet time, I thought about it. I bet Billy Joel doesn't really like this verse in the Bible. Because he who started the fire. If you know, Billy Joel has a song called We Didn't Start the Fire. It was just something that my mind did. It was kind of funny. Thought maybe I'll, I'll, I'll share that joke with you. But on a more serious note. We need to be careful when we sin. When we do anything, really. It can be a good thing. That more people are going to be affected by this than just us. Sharing the gospel, for instance. If we share the gospel, we set a fire, and that fire goes out. More people share the gospel because of that. So you know that your actions affect more than just you. And I think that'll make us be more conscious about our actions. I know it'll make me be more conscious about mine. So yeah. Hope that makes sense. I feel like it does. But yeah, let's remember Jesus this, this Christmas season. He came as a baby. Left the splendor of heaven died on the cross, rose from the dead for us. And you might be asking yourself, Ben, you said this was going to be a full-on Christmas series. We still have two weeks left in December. And to that, you are correct. We do. What are they going to be about? You have to come back and see. But it's very. I feel like it's very important not to just think about this during the Christmas season. It is very important to think about this, because without this, the two things we're going to talk about next week couldn't have happened. So we're going in an approach of sin, prophecy, birth next week and the week after and they're all tied to jesus of course because that's the most important thing they could be tied to 
I don't think I have anything else, but I hope you have a great Christmas season. If you're already out of school, enjoy your break. If you're still going to school, if you're still going to work, enjoy that as well. Be safe, work for the Lord. And yeah, don't think I have anything else to say, so bracelets. I saw my bracelet. I made me think of it. Um, pop sockets and stickers. They are free to you. There's a small problem with the pop sockets and stickers. If you would like one now, they're two hours away from me right now because I'm at my home and they are at my school. No problem though, if you really, really want one, we can make it happen. And yeah, but they make great stocking stuffers. So if you want one, don't worry about that at all. We can make it happen for you. And t-shirts, those are $20 to you. And yeah, so if you have anything you want, let me know. Don't hesitate. They make great Christmas gifts again. I know I've said that every week, but they do. Um, Yeah. So right now, we're going to pick back up in January with Summer on the Mount. Just finished the Beatitude, so I'm looking forward to what's next. Testimony episodes. If you or anyone you know, sounds like one of those commercials of they found out some medicine is dangerous. But if you or anyone you know would like to be on the Lockdown Podcast, see that, yeah. uh, please let us know. We would love to have you. Of course, we would have to sit down with you before, make sure you're solid, as we, as we're sure, as we are sure you are. Just a precautionary measure. And yeah, don't think I have anything else. So let's model Jesus this Christmas season and his humility. And yeah, don't think I have anything else. Hope you guys have a Merry Christmas leading up there. And have a great week. I love you guys. Go point to the point. Goodbye.